0: people like to think that millennials are out to ruin the world the truth is we're just trying to survive it join me as i navigate through life the best way i know how with a few laughs and a bottle of wine my name is josh gunderson and this is the millennial agenda hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the millennial agenda Josh here. I hope everyone is doing really well in all the crazy times. Uh, things just feel like they keep getting crazier, even though they're, like, trying to return back to normal-ish. Uh, today, as of this recording, the CDC was like, yeah, if you're vaccinated, no masks. But we're not going to offer any details as to how that's going to work. Like, do you, like, are you offering proof or, like, what's going on? I don't know. I I don't know if I feel some way about it because i i think we're getting too lax or if i just really don't like looking at people who knows um today i'm doing something a little bit different on this episode i'm flying solo uh this is only the second time i've done that but i i wanted to touch on something it's a it actually has to do with a blog post that i wrote this past week that got some attention and went a little bit crazy and it just kind of felt like something i should put Into podcast format because it it dealt with a lot of the feelings that I was having about working in the restaurant industry. A lot of people keep throwing jobs my way and they're very well-meaning, and I appreciate that, but they don't seem to understand that I just cannot handle the the mental, physical, and emotional toll that working in a restaurant takes on you. And I've I've touched a little bit on on this idea on my blog and i've linked a lot of those um those entries into the show notes um so those will be down there if you want to read them as well as this original entry and um i've also appeared on um, other podcasts and talked about it i was a guest on the no reservations podcast and sort of discussed why i left the industry and just some horror stories from that and that's all linked in the show notes as well and um Here's the thing, when it comes to restaurants in the Orlando area, I am fully aware of who is and is not hiring. And the is category outweighs the isn't by a whole lot at this point. I am aware of these places because at least four or five times a day, a well-meaning friend will text message me or send me a DM or a carrier pigeon, letting me know that like, oh, this place is hiring bartenders, you should apply, or chain restaurant XYZ needs servers bad, go apply. And I know they all mean well. They've seen me struggling with the fact that I have had very little luck finding any work. And I doubt I'm going to be offered any speaking engagements, especially since the school year is about to end and things are still really iffy with COVID and Orlando, like many areas is struggling to find hospitality workers. And I mean, honestly, I've had this discussion with people who work for Disney In terms of them changing up the Disney look, which has been a little bit controversial, and I'm putting that in quotes, but you can't see me do it. um, Because they're adding inclusivity and they've changed like, oh, you can have tattoos now and earrings and painted nails and all of this. And I I don't think it was 100% about inclusivity. I think it was at least partially about the fact that they're struggling as well to find workers and it opens up their ability to hire more people That they normally wouldn't even think twice about bringing on board and for the record the reason why i'm not applying at disney is my uh my tattoos probably really don't qualify for what they're thinking of and i was told that neck tattoos uh, which i do have when i have a, a a small tattoo behind my ear which counts as my neck i guess i don't know and i i don't really don't think working for a theme park is uh in my wheelhouse at all and on top of all that I have to keep reminding people that bartending and serving are not my chosen profession. It is a, it's a means to an end, but it can be a trap. It's a very alluring job, especially when you're in a position of you're making a lot of money. And I've had jobs. One of my serving jobs, I only worked three days a week. I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I walked out of every weekend with probably about a grand in tips. That's a good chunk of change for three days of work. But... Ugh. And sure, I was good at what I did. Was I the greatest server in the entire world? Absolutely not. Was I the best bartender in the world? Hell no. I was awkward as fuck behind the bar. I was like, I've said it before, I'm not the world-weary bartender that wants to listen to your troubles. I really don't, but I was good. I was good at what I did. And in the four years that I spent in the industry, I worked my way up from just a server to being a closer, to being a trainer, to being a bartender, to being a training captain, to being a shift leader. And with all of that experience under my belt, you think it'd be a no-brainer for anyone to hire me on the spot. And I, I know it sounds like I'm tooting my own horn saying that, but I'm allowed to toot once in a while. So just l- let, me, let me have this for myself. And the truth is, I did apply to a number of local places late last year in 2020 and did not hear back from a single one of them. I applied from plenty of serving jobs and bartending jobs and I heard nothing, I actually applied, and I mentioned this a couple times, I applied for a training position at one of the theme parks and it took them two months to finally get back to me with a hearty thanks but no thanks. I didn't even get an interview. So that was all then, this is now. And now it's so many places, and I, I'm sure you see this all over the country, they're offering sign-on bonuses to anyone they could hire. I could probably walk into just about any restaurant right now with my resume and be like, give me a job. And the manager would be like, can you, can you just take these tables right now? Like, have fun. And one of my old managers uh, basically pretty much got on his knees and begged me to come back and work for him and, you know, threw a whole bunch of stuff at me. It was like, oh, you know, what shifts do you want? What dates? Whatever you want. Bar shifts, all yours. Expo, sure. Make your own damn schedule. Just please come work for me. And I was like, <laughs> no. And you're probably asking me, like a lot of people have, Why the hell don't you do that? And you won't be the first and you're not going to be the last. And you're right there with all the people asking me why I'm not taking advantage of those sign-on bonuses and the fact that Orlando is really picking up and there's a lot of tourists in town. Why isn't anyone taking advantage of it? If so many people in Orlando are still out of work, these are valid questions. And let me go ahead and answer those questions by opening up my brain and my journals and letting you know exactly why the hell I left the service industry and why I really have no intention of going back. So when it comes to my time in restaurants, I've I've actually been pretty tight-lipped about it when it came to social media or even my blog. And even on the podcast, I've talked about it some. And one of the reasons is I've had Issues with people attempting to stalk me before, and that's not something I need in my life. And another is out of just some sort of weird blind respect for the companies that I worked for. I mean, I'm fully aware of what their social media policies were, and I was actually welcome to post pretty much whatever I wanted within reason. But I felt it best to wait until I was out of the company before writing about it. And I have shared some of my stories on the podcast, on other podcasts, um, and here and there. And I've discussed some aspects of the job, but I've kept things mostly to myself. And like I said, I've linked a bunch of these blog posts in uh, the show notes. So check those out as well as uh, my guest spot on the No Reservations podcast. But you know, right now, we're about a, one year out from the anniversary of my quitting my bartending job. And I'm, I'm now ready to kind of rip off that Band-Aid and give you all a look at what that life was like and why the mere thought of returning honestly causes a panic attack because I've thought about it, believe me, but it freaks me out and makes me feel so uneasy and uncomfortable and miserable every single time. And maybe some of you know this already, maybe you've been in the industry and you get it. Maybe you've seen articles about worker shortages and the stories of, uh, recently Chipotle workers walking out of the job. This is my perspective and experience, and hopefully it helps you understand why I really want people to stop sending me job postings At restaurants. And thinking about it, the funny part is that for a couple of years, I had plenty of friends telling me, pretty much begging me to leave serving and bartending because they saw what it was doing to me as a person. My sleep schedule was shit. I was angry constantly. I was such an angry person and I was drinking a lot. And they saw how much I was being taken advantage of by my managers. They saw how abusive my coworkers were towards me. And I mean, yeah, so I'm sure you've all seen and laughed at those memes about managers wanting to want wanting like staff to come in after an accident or even their death, being like, oh, you left me shorthanded on a Ouija board. Shit like that. Those aren't jokes. Those are real life. If we wanted to call out the task of finding a replacement was put on us. Oh, you're sick? Better get a doctor's note to prove that you're sick or it'll be a no call, no show. That was the life that we were living. And I mean, do you wanna know the reality of being sick while working in a restaurant? We're still showing up to work. Why? We don't get sick days. Now, managers get sick time and vacations and PTO paid time off. But hourly servers making $5 an hour are screwed. So we show up. The number of times that I personally would come to work sick when I should have been home not spreading my germs around would baffle your mind. And I did it because I needed the money. No work, no money. It is that simple. Even times that I would want to call out, I was told that I couldn't because there was no one to cover me at one point i came into a shift with fever nausea and a just litany of other symptoms that had me running to the bathroom as often as possible i was sweating from fever and i looked like i had just crawled out of a grave my my manager when i came in for the shift even like looked at me and it was like oh you look like death and i'm like ah uh, yeah i don't feel good i should not be working please can i go home and i was told no, I was told, oh, well, you know, we'll see if we can get you out a little bit early. And all of those symptoms that I described, fever, nausea, other things that were going on, is actually in our manual. And I know this because I trained people and I I've, I've, i know all of it, back, front, left, right, center. All of those symptoms are things that say, if you have those, don't come to work because you can spread that shit around. And I've talked about it on my podcast before, or on my blog rather, that when COVID really started becoming a crazy thing, I was like, you know who's gonna suffer the most? Your restaurant workers, because we've worked sick. And I mean, I worked that shift. I was behind that bar half dead all night and I begged the hosts all night long, please don't point anyone towards the bar. Please get them anywhere else. Don't recommend the bar. Yes, it's open, open seating. Help yourself. But please, please give me a break. I I am not feeling well. And naturally, full bar. Like, this is pre-COVID times, remember. So that bar was packed shoulder to shoulder, people standing if they could. And not only was I exposing my nasty, sick self to everyone sitting at that bar, you have to remember that your bartender is making drinks for everybody in the restaurant. If you're ordering an alcoholic beverage, I'm touching your glass. I'm making your drink. I'm breathing all over that. Think about that. And all of that, and I was still made to work. I was finally allowed to leave an hour before we actually closed. So I pretty much worked an entire shift at that point. I could barely stand up. And the parting words from my manager that night were, don't even think about calling out sick tomorrow. You need to come to work. Cool. And that, that wasn't limited to just me. That is not a, a new concept. Uh, more times that I'm willing to admit. Again, I would watch as half-dead coworkers would come in with the flu, like diagnosed flu, and drag them dead selves around waiting on people handling food and drinks and money and all of that, because we all didn't have a choice. No work, no money. And whatever illness I had at that point or other coworkers had, guaranteed it would get around to all of us at some point. Within a couple of weeks, all of us would likely be sick. Cooks, servers, bartenders, hosts, we would get it, but we would all still be coming to work We would all still be muscling through that because we need the money. A manager gets sick. Oh, they have paid time to recover. And another manager will pick up slack or they'll call somebody from another location. How nice is that? How lovely is that for them? They can call. Like if I called out sick, I get read the riot act. I get told, no, you have to come in. No, we can't cover you. You have to come in. There's no sympathy at all. They they don't care. That was, that was what I got out of that. And I I I'm gonna preface this now and I, I am gonna say it later because I got a lot of comments from people. Um, you know, not all managers are like that. That, you know, you just had bad managers. <laughs> well, not really, but I'm gonna say nine out of ten managers were like that. And I'm sorry to say that. And I'm sorry to generalize like that, but don't come at me with not all managers, because at the end of the day, they don't care. And that's what really sucked i mean at one point one of my coworkers, one of our servers was in an accident on their way to work and totaled their car the car was totaled i saw pictures i'm shocked that they're alive the manager's response all right well you know you need to get here when you can and when the server called back and said it's not going to happen and the manager's response to that was uh well call call an uber get an uber if your car doesn't work get an uber you need to come to work in early 2020, before COVID really hit the fan, I was dealing with some personal things at home. Um, the kind of short version is a, a pipe had burst in the wall in my apartment and flooded half of it. And my, my home was a disaster, and I was being forced to move at that point And trying to find a new place to live while a pandemic is knocking at your door is not the greatest thing in the entire world and on top of that i thought i was going to be finding a place with my roommates turned out there were some new shenanigans with them and i was looking for a place to live on my own and i was also working two jobs again serving and bartending was not my primary goal in life it was a way to make extra money because uh guess what you live in orlando especially if you want to live alone you're working two jobs that's the reality of it this this place is fucking expensive and so at that point my time off was incredibly precious because I was trying to use it to pack, which is a nightmare. I hate packing. I hate moving. It's the worst thing in the entire world. Do not get me started. I was using it to pack, and I was using it to look for a place to live. And the, the reality was, because I was working two jobs, I did not have an, any actual days off. So I was at my, my, my well, for lack of a better term, office job five days a week, 40 hours a week. And I was also working at the restaurant four to five days a week and they were staggered. So I did have like two nights off, but I was working. And if I, you know, if I wasn't one place, I was at the other. And I was like, I need, I need my days off to do this. And on a Tuesday, um, so my week, my week at the restaurant ended on Tuesday and my general manager texted me and was like, Hey, um, I need an expo in the kitchen on, on Wednesday night. Um, could you do that for me? And at, I texted her back and I said, hey, you know what? Let me think about it and I'll let you know when I come in tonight for my shift. So that time rolls around. I'm in for my shift. And I was very honest and straightforward with her. And my exact words to her as she's sitting there, like she first, she first came up to me. And this was so obnoxious. Like I, I came in, I clocked in, I got behind the bar, I started doing my stuff. I, it wasn't anything out of my ordinary routine. I clock in, I start working, getting ready for the shift, checking my stock, blah, 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 blah. And she comes up to me and she's like, oh, what are you, are you avoiding me? I was like, no, I'm, I, like, I, I came in and took the same path I always take and you weren't in it. So no, but don't flatter yourself. And I said to her, I was like, you know, for the sake of my mental health, I'm going to say no. And she knew very well what I was dealing with in my personal time, but that did not matter to her. And she actually had the audacity to whine to me. And she's like, well, if you don't do it, that means I have to come in on my day off. And that means I have to, I'm working six days. And if you're scratching your head right now and saying, what the fuck? Well, I was too. Here I was, an employee. And at that point, I I was honestly on the brink of tears. And I was so tired and exhausted at that point. I had actually considered calling out that day, because I was just so, and I was saying that I could not take an extra shift, a sixth day at the restaurant when I work seven days a week, because my mental health was on the line. And she had the audacity to complain to me about her losing her day off, her being the general manager, because apparently her days off are more important than mine, despite her name being on the building. And I, again, I will note, not all of my managers are horrible. There are, uh, there's the managers that I worked with at that same location, who I, I love dearly. I, I very much miss. I still text with one of them every once in a while. Um, my, my old GM, the one that had hired me originally, would not have bat an eye at me saying no. She would have been like, cool, good talk. Let me know if you need anything. Enjoy your day off. If you need help with stuff, you just let us know. Like, let us know what you need. So not all of them were soulless monsters. In this case, this GM was brand spanking new. She had just been promoted out of another restaurant um, in our company and promoted to GM after being a kitchen manager and moved to our store because they just love to move managers around, which is probably really great for the managers, not so much for the staff that maybe rely on having good managers around, but that's none of my business and during all of that actually i had been re- i had requested to transfer to a new location because i honestly was not thrilled with this new gm and she didn't care too much for me either she she came in in late 2019 and i honestly don't know why but immediately she just like seemed to have it out for me and maybe i'm just overreading that situation two sides to every story and all of that but She had, she would do things and say things to me that I was just like, what the actual fuck is your problem? And at one point, she had a very, I would just want to say, sensitive conversation, um, a conversation that should have been had in private out in, in front of people and was basically essentially trying to demote me because despite being very highly rated in my company for a lot of the things that I did. Uh, she felt that because I worked two jobs, I wasn't giving enough to our restaurant. Like, I'm giving you five days of in. Eh. Anyway, so I, I, there was a um, RGM that had been moved out so she could move in, uh, got moved to another restaurant in Orlando. And I said, you know what? I want to go there. He needed bartenders. This is the same manager that earlier, if you recall, was begging me to uh, come back and work for him. And I wanted to transfer. He needed bartenders. It seemed like a good fit. And the whole thing should have been painless. This, would not, this is not my first transfer. I transferred out of the original restaurant that I was hired into into this location that I'm talking about now. And it happened instantly. I said, hey, I would really like to transfer to a different location because of X, Y, Z. Cool beans. Next schedule, I was in my new restaurant. Should have been that easy. It was not. She made it a goddamn nightmare. And she would lie to me constantly about it but then none of it mattered because the world went to shit orlando shut down and i was furloughed along with a lot of my coworkers and many in the industry and there's there's actually a whole lot of complaining in that uh when it came down to the furlough because she obviously kept people on for to go because we went to to go only and what was really frustrating is um, When you think about it, you're going to like, why not give your long-term seniority people the opportunity to come in and work to go and to continue working during the shutdown and work that to go? Or maybe your trainers who work their butts off for you or your highly rated servers. No, 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 not the case. Some server and I, everyone's got their own opinions, but one of the lowest ranked servers in the restaurant was able to work throughout the entire furlough situation while the rest of us struggled with unemployment. And that was also a shitty move, but we won't go there. When restaurants finally reopened for indoor dining, I wasn't immediately asked back, and I was given a lot of cockamamie reasons why when she finally called me to ask me to come back. And it was something of a nightmare because it it meant more work for everyone. Anyone coming back to work in a restaurant, because of the reduced capacities and all that, were basically working double duty from what we were used to. And you know what, fine, adapt and overcome, sure. But like, people couldn't sit at the bar bar top, so I ended up working all the tables in our lounge area, so the whole bar area. Um, And this would have been fine if my people were the only ones I needed to worry about. But remember, bartender has to make drinks for everybody in the dining room. And most nights there's only two servers in the dining room, so we had no support. We weren't able to support each other because we were so busy. Because despite of just three of us on the floor, so two servers in the dining room and me in the lounge, and even at reduced capacity, so we were at 50% capacity when we opened up, management insisted that all available tables were sat as quickly as possible. So now we're all busy as hell with no ability to support one another. So when I say that, I mean like helping each other run food out to tables, or maybe being able to grab something for somebody else or help them out with giving drinks. Sometimes if I you know, I was slow at the bar during normal times, I'd run drinks for people so they weren't sitting there dying on my bar and getting sent back so I'd have to remake them. We can't do that. And at that point, we were, as servers, expected to wear gloves and change them along with washing our hands every time we touched something. So if we were to, for example, go to a table, take an order, come back, make drinks for that table, drop them off. After that, wash your hands, change your gloves. If you were to take payment from somebody, wash your hands, take it. All these extra steps added on. So on top of being busy as hell, everything we did took forever because of all these extra safety and cleaning steps. And if y'all want some honesty, if you think your servers were able to wash their hands as often as we were supposed to while doing all of that work, you are kidding yourselves. We did not. I tried very hard. I really did. But you have to remember that as servers, we're working for tips. And if we're taking too long to do anything, that is going to affect our tip. And so, yeah, we sometimes had to choose money over safety. That fucking sucked. And so my breaking point Came about three weeks after returning to work. I was on shift with our hourly manager, or as we called it, a certified shift leader. So they were essentially had all of the capabilities of a manager, but were hourly and like could not hire or fire people. So, and she was a nightmare to work with, even at the best of times. She was lazy as hell, would not do anything to support a shift. And so when I say that, I mean she would not work in the window and help expedite our food. So traying it up, making sure it's correct, helping us run our food, helping us bus our tables. If the kitchen was backed up, she would not jump back and help them cook, which is all the things that she's expected to do as our job. And this, uh, these are problems that I had had with her before when I worked, especially when I worked on Expo. I worked Expo on weekends. So what that is, is that's the person who looks at how your food was rung in, sees it come out of the, from the kitchen, checks to make sure it's correct, puts it on the tray with everybody else's food at your table, and sends it out with the server. And that can get pretty crazy. That is an insane job where you spend hours just basically yelling. You're yelling for food, you're yelling for fixes, you're yelling for late food, all of that stuff. And it can get insane because if all of a sudden a billion things get rung in at once, you are you got a lot of spinning plates up there. And there were times where I would need help and would not get it. And it's something that I brought up constantly to managers and was getting nowhere with. And none of that got better when we returned from furlough. So she would not be doing anything. The expo needs help getting food together and run to tables. Would she be there? Not at all. Would she be out on the floor helping bus tables or controlling the flow at the door? Not on your life. Would she be sitting in her office playing on the phone, or outside smoking a cigarette, or standing at the host stand flirting with the underage host, which was creepy? Absolutely. fuck On the day I quit, or it was the beginning of the end uh, for me, I, I came in for my shift at my regular time, which was 4pm, and set about getting to work. Again, I, I get going. And unbeknownst to me, she had decided to cut all of the servers in the dining room and then cut the host and then cut the to-go person. So that meant that I was working alone. I was essentially in the restaurant alone and I find myself with a full section and I was a little perturbed, but I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Start off the night making money. It'll be fine. But I also didn't realize that she had made all of these cuts. So I thought, That I had support, like, okay, the to-go person, if they're not doing anything, they'll help make sure my food is put together. I was a a sweet, innocent, ignorant summer child, uh, apparently. And I I just had these assumptions that I was going to get the help that I needed, like a damned fool. And then I realized I had no one. And now on top of that, if the to-go person is gone, the to-go work is defaulted to the bartender. So the bartender is now responsible for putting together all of the to-go food, bagging it up, making sure it's correct, making sure it's going to the correct person. If it was a curbside order, keeping an eye out for those alerts that they're there to pick it up, dealing with door dashers, which are the worst. You can read my blog post about it. So now I'm busy with all of my tables in my section and I'm getting bombarded with door dashers, who are a nightmare. And there is... No one in the kitchen helping getting my food together, getting the to-go food together. They're not, you know, going to help out with anything. So the shift very, very quickly turned into a disaster. Now you're probably wondering, where's the manager? She's outside. She is not even physically in the building, which is against the rules. When she's the only manager there, you have to be in the building. You have to be responsible for what's going on in that building. No, she's outside chatting with the morning bartender who she has cut. Rightfully so. I'm there. That's fine. But she's outside chit-chatting with her, not answering the phone. So the phone's going unanswered. So if you were calling to find out a wait time or to put in a to-go order, was not going to happen for you, friend, because I don't have time for that. And when she finally came back inside, I find her then standing at one of my tables chit-chatting with them as I'm just running around like a chicken with his head cut off. And I'm like, hey, I really need some help. And she hears, hey, there's a bunch of people standing at the door waiting to be sat. Go ahead and start sitting them in the dining room. I will remind you, I'm the only one in the restaurant. I've already got a full section along with to go orders. And she is sitting even more tables because corporate doesn't want us on a wait if we don't need to be, despite the fact that we needed to be. And I looked at her and I'm like, hey, no offense, but what the actual fuck? I did not swear at her yet. Uh, But I was like, hey, I cannot, I can't do this. I need your help. I don't need you sitting, I need you putting people on a weight and helping me because I got a bunch of food up that I can't get to because I've got all these people that need my attention. And now you're giving me more people that need my attention. And she just kept sitting people. And I had made it very clear that I was already underwater or as we call it in the industry, in the weeds basically we are just a sinking ship and i'm not going to get to those tables i'm not going to be able to follow any of what corporate expects from us in terms of like greeting a table like we are supposed to have we are supposed to greet a table within 60 seconds of them being sat that ain't happening and i'm trying my hardest but it's it's not there's no one to run my food there's no one to make my drinks because she can't make drinks oh i oh managers that can't bartend are a plentiful Uh, There's no one to do any of this stuff for me So how am I supposed to take on more? And don't forget, I still got all these DoorDash people I had a line of DoorDash people And they are the worst They will walk into wherever And shove a phone in your face And just go, DoorDash! Which is the most obnoxious thing in the entire world And they are not thrilled with me No one is thrilled with me Not a single one of my tables is happy Because everything is taking forever And so what does she do? She starts waiting on these new tables instead of supporting what we already have. So now I've got this manager that is going around taking orders, getting them their things and all of that. Now here's here's the nice little hitch. I don't know where any of that money went. As a manager, she is not allowed to close checks or take tips. Logic would tell us that she would transfer those tables to me and I would be responsible for the money for them. And if There was any tips to get from them they would go to me because i was the only server in the building but that didn't happen i don't know where that money went so she stole from me that is just full on theft so i've got questions still and about an after episode i've that's all going on and the rest of the night shift starts to trickle in after uh, a good solid hour or so of this i think it was a from four to six, I was by myself. So, two hours of that. And the rest of the night shift came in. But at that point, the, the damage is done. And if you think during all of that, I had the time to proper follow, you know, proper COVID safety and stuff, I, I was not. I was not. Yes, I was wearing my mask, but the regular hand washing, proper table cleaning, don't kid yourself. And then the, what really kind of was the kicker for me was I was walking through the kitchen at one point. I'm finally able to catch my breath. And, like, things slowed down because restaurants are super weird. Restaurants are super fucking weird. You can never predict when it's going to come. And we, we had a nice lull. And other people had taken over and helped out and all of that stuff. And I am walking through the kitchen with uh, just a massive handful of dirty plates, because now I'm trying to just like clean up the mess and get myself back on track. And she has the audacity to look at me and say, are you going to have this shitty attitude all night? Y'all, I lost my mind. I won't go into it, but I, I will fully admit, and I'm not proud of it, I, I did me some screaming and I went off. And I told her all the things that I was feeling and how disappointed I was in her because here's, here's the clencher. And I didn't mention this in the blog post. Uh, this, this hourly manager, this, this CSL, the this certified shifts leader, uh, was once upon a time the server that trained me. She trained me back in the day when I first started serving. And this is what she turned into. Somebody who I had a lot of respect for This is this is what she was because she became a manager and she just became so fucking lazy because she could. And it was not the greatest. And it was really disappointing. And I like every time I think about it, I'm just like wildly disappointed. I just feel such sadness and anger that that's this person who I had a lot of respect for turned into this type of human being. And so the following day was a Monday. This all happened on a Sunday night. And on Monday, I I called out of my shift. I I called up in the morning, very first thing in the morning, gave them more than enough time to figure it out. And I, again, I didn't say this in the the blog post. um, The managers all leave notes for each other in the system. They have a special system and they leave notes about the shift. And so obviously it was, it was told that it was a rough night and probably brought up that her and I had a, a verbal altercation. And, uh, the manager on the phone and i'm ups- i'm very upset by this i am not thrilled and of course at this point i'm also exhausted because i had also at the same time i was called back to serve i was called back to my other job and so i was working full time at both and so i was just burnt out and upset and he he kind of made a snide remark and was like you can't just call out because you had a bad shift and i just started crying and i was like it's more than a bad shift i i just i need today i need today I'm not coming in. And I mean, I realistically knew that all I had to say is like, oh, I've got a fever and uh, that shuts it down right there because we have a pandemic going on. And if you've got a, I was like, I don't make me do that. Do not make me do that. I don't want to do that to you. And so I, I called out and that was that. And on Tuesday, I was ready to go back in. I was ready to go back in and be the bigger person. Uh, My, my schedule had changed slightly at this point. uh, Now that we're beyond, uh, the COVID times. And so I was working, um, at that point, Friday through Wednesday, that doesn't sound right. Saturday through Wednesday, that sounds more humane. And I had Thursdays and Fridays off. Um, so I went in on Tuesday and I was ready to go back in. Like I was ready to let it all go. I had my mental health day and I was like, I am good. Uh, this, you know, the same crappy manager was closing that night. And I was like, you know what? I'm the bigger person. Let's move forward. Let's, you know, it happened. Let's move on. But no, uh, the GM was on shift. I believe, I think she was like the mid. So she worked in the middle part of the day. And when I got there and I arrived and clocked in and she was like, Hey, we need to talk. And I was like, we sure fucking do. And we went into this uh, little function room that we had um attached to the, the main dining room and sat down. And before I could say anything, The GM brought the problem manager into the room and sat her down. And was like, okay, you need to walk me through what happened last night. And I was like, hey, I'm really not comfortable talking about this with her sitting right there glaring at me. I didn't say that part, but like, this is really awkward. Like, why would you have her sitting here when I have to, like, I'm about to essentially just sit and talk shit. And it made for a very uncomfortable situation. And I knew my employee rights. I, I I know, because again, I know the fucking handbook, left, right, front, center, because I taught it to people. And I, you know, I'm allowed to have a one-on-one with any of my managers, especially when it comes to an issue with another manager, because you can't really be candid with someone when, you know, when somebody else is glaring at you from across the table. And I was like, I'm not comfortable having this conversation with her in the mood. And she basically said, well, you either talk to us now or you go home and I am going to have no choice, but to open up a PeopleWorks case against you, which is our essentially our HR. And I left, I went home and on that drive home, I called uh, my former GM, the one who had hired me, who's no longer with the company. And I was just like, Hey, you know, I need you to, I'm going to walk you through this situation. And am I, am I crazy for, asking for a one-on-one conversation with my, my general manager um, to talk about this privately. And she was like, the only reason why uh, you would not get a one-on-one with a manager is if they felt that you were a physical threat to them. So basically, I should have gotten my one-on-one because I've met me. I am not a threat to anybody. And so my next call was to our team member relations, which is who we essentially call for HR-related issues. And I called our corporate office and I issued a formal complaint against my management team. And I laid it all out, not just the events of that Sunday night. Um, I, just, I talked about everything, all the problems that I had had before that I had complained about that had never been addressed, all of these new issues, all these safety issues. And, yeah, I just let it all out. And Wednesday morning, I got a call back from the team member relations rep. And I was essentially told that I was wrong and that I should always respect my managers and do whatever they tell me and when i brought up the safety issues and i'm not just talking about my safety i'm talking about the safety of my team who i'm in charge of their training i am their their training captain i am the one that sets the example for all of them that is my job i am a shift lead it is my job i was told to stay in my lane i was told to simply respect my managers and do what they tell me and I was like you know what cool good talk and I went in that Wednesday night and worked what would be my final shift and from there over the time that I've been gone now I learned that my GM had been lying to me about a large number of things so like when I first returned from furlough I had asked what was going on with my transfer that was supposed to be in the process before the shutdown and she told me at that at this point, there was no need for me at any other store. So my options were to come back to work at our restaurant location or stay on furlough. This was a lie. Um, about a week before I quit, the GM from the other store, the one who'd wanted me to come to his store and whose store I wanted to go to, had actually stopped into our restaurant for a meal. And was like, hey, did you still want to transfer? Because I'm really hurting for people right now. And, like, I only have one fully trained person working the bar. And I was like, "Um, I was told that you didn't want me. And it turns out when, when we were all recalled, he had actually called my GM and asked for me and was told no, that I no longer wanted to transfer. And there was a bunch of other stuff. When it came down to it, somebody was lying to me. Either he was lying to me, she was lying to me. And with the lack of support from corporate with everything that was going on and the way I was treated, I was like, you know what? I'm... I'm good. I was made out to be a problem. I I was made out like I was a, a constant issue to my managers. And I was my mind is blown because I was a shift lead. I was our lead trainer. I was a, one of our top rated servers. And I'd received praise from managers, guests, our regional managers, all of that. None of it mattered. And so I said, you know what? I'm good. And even though i've 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 kind of gone in a little bit deeper than i did in the blog post there's still so much more but i i i just don't we just don't have the time it's just it's still just insane and my story is not unique things like this were happening all over orlando and i'm not just talking within the company i worked for i'm talking all over, servers and bartenders were thrilled to go back to work, only to find that they were going to be expected to double or triple their workload with no added benefit. And it it doesn't help that guests were treating us like shit more than ever before. I mean, how long have I been talking? And I haven't even gotten to guests. I haven't even gotten to how I was treated by guests before COVID, after COVID, In, in the three weeks that I was back. I was treated like shit. And the the best I can do, because I don't want this to be like a super long raging episode, um, linked in the show notes, I wrote a blog post called A Beginner's Guide to Not Being an A-Hole at a Restaurant, Pandemic Edition. Check that out. I I go into a, a few of the stories of what happened to me upon my return. And when it comes to the way people choose to treat hospitality workers, especially in the serving industry, I still have nightmares about it. I still have horrible dreams about working in a restaurant and the way I was treated and servers and bartenders are treated like scum, regardless of where you're working. It can be at McDonald's or some five diamond, whatever we are all looked at as less than like we are burnouts and morons because we couldn't be any better than serving food. One night I was working a lead shift and um, that essentially meant so I was a shift leader, so I was essentially functioning as a manager. I was a glorified babysitter well like, I was able to do like comps and voids on checks, and that was about it. I was there to be in a body that dealt with things that managers wouldn 't have time to deal with because we were either short somebody, a manager, or whatever. so I was functioning as a manager and a Table wanted to talk to a manager, and so I obviously got called over, and the mom at the table was upset because there was a long wait. I will say that it was a Saturday night in Orlando, and we are located right next to the theme parks. We're right down the street from Disney. So yeah, a Saturday night's going to be pretty busy. And she was upset that a group of people that had arrived after them at the host stand was sat before them. Now, the party in question that was sat before them was a party of four, as opposed to her party of seven. And from what I saw in the system uh, that we used for the waitlist, they were actually called to sit within a few minutes of one another. So it really wasn't that huge of a deal. And, like, honestly, think about the math on that. You've got a party of four and a party of seven. If I have a booth that seats four people that opens up before my table that seats seven— yeah, we're going to sit that party of four. We're trying to move things along here. And so I went and spoke to the table, uh, essentially explaining how the world works. Um, and I know, that, I know that sounds really snarky, and I promise I was very polite and professional in explaining things. And, you know, try, like, I, I'm the type, like, I'm not going to sit and placate to you. I'm going to sit and be like, hey, so this is, you know, this is why that happened. And I'm sorry you feel this way, but we this is the, this is the way it works. And in the midst of my talking to her, and trying to explain things to her, she actually shoves my her hand in my face to get me to stop talking. And she turns to her two teenage kids and says, you see, this is why you need to go to college. So when you grow up, you can get a real job. And I will be honest, in a show of absolute professionalism, I just walked away from the table. And uh, the woman complained to corporate. That was actually my first ever corporate complaint. And yeah. And that was a sentiment that I received a lot, regardless of whatever position I was working in. If uh, if something went wrong, people's go to is, How hard is your job actually? You don't need a lot of brain cells to do this. Actually, it's really hard. Like, do it. I'm like, I, I always scoff and people are like, Everyone should have to wait tables for six months to see what it's like. I agree now. I take back all of my scoffing. And it was just, it was mind boggling because God forbid any of us are humans and make mistakes. And part of me wanted to be like, actually, ma'am, um, I'm quite successful in my field. I've written two books. I spent 10 years traveling around the country um, and continue to do so speaking and uh, doing speaking engagements all over, uh, all over the place. Um, but yeah, go fuck yourself. I didn't do that. But you know what? I'm, I'm still human. I forget to ring stuff in or I forget to modify something properly Uh, Maybe the kitchen is backed up and food is taking a while, or maybe they overcook your steak. I have no way of actually checking. I can't bite into it for you. It happens. And I mean, I have been sworn at, I have been threatened, I have had things thrown at me. I have been verbally abused and called a wide variety of names. I have worked double shifts. That is a 12 to 14 hour shift with no break and barely time to go to the bathroom. I have eaten dead food just to keep from passing out. I've actually passed out from dehydration before. In four years of working in the industry, I've suffered through three urinary tract infections from holding my pee for hours at a time. We have barely grazed the tip of the icebergs of just how many stories I have and how I was treated in my time serving and bartending. And I'd like to think that by now... I've made my point, and please, uh, again, thinking back to a lot of the comments that I've received, uh, do not get me wrong. There are plenty of great stories as well. I have I've had plenty of really great, awesome moments serving, but the bad, the bad is going to stick with you. And I uh, somebody commented there, they said, that, you know, they're like that. My thought process was like, yeah, that all seems pretty normal, but how shitty is it that we're this is normal? that running around holding holding it in and having to go to the bathroom for hours on end or not having time to eat or just sit down for a few minutes and take a breather you want to talk about funny memes oh you think all those memes about crying in the cooler are funny those are true i have cried in many a cooler my friends and yeah so i think i feel like i've made my point and if you don't agree uh check out the show notes check the link posts with all those stories in it and again all of that all of those posts all of what i just talked about it's nowhere near close to everything i've gone through and what others have put up with and i mean i again going back to the comments there's going to be some people of course that are very supportive of what i've said and like yeah this 100 this is why we don't want to go back this is you know all these people that told us why don't you get a real job and make more money if you and then we did um, it's because it has nothing to do with unemployment benefits. Believe me, I could be making more money serving right now. I'm fully aware of that. Um, but I've also had people that were like that are experienced servers that have said like, oh, you only worked four years, work 20 and then tell me about it. And I'm like, I. No. And, you know, people saying, oh, you, you have to have thick skin to work. I have thick skin. Believe me, I've put up with a lot in my life. And it has nothing to do with that it has to like i'm sorry that i want to be treated like a human i'm sorry that i don't appreciate being treated like i'm less than like i'm a moron or a burnout because my job is working behind a bar i it's frustrating it's incredibly frustrating and i'm i'm not going to go down that path but you know all of this to say like you know ask me again why i'm not applying to all these places that are desperate for help. I could walk down International Drive in Orlando right now and every single restaurant has a help wanted sign in front. And I don't want to go back to that because I don't like the abuse that I had to put up with, that everyone has to put up with. And that this, again, my story is not unique. And I mean, if any of this is any of this, what you just listened to worth $5 an hour, with no paid time off, with no vacation time, with no benefits, with no sick time? Yeah, I didn't think so. So thank you for listening to my ranting. Um, I, hope, I hope people got something out of this. Uh, thank you all so, so much for listening and supporting the podcast. Um, we're back with regular episodes uh, to the best of my ability. Uh, so I, I thank you um, as always you can find uh, my blog at avoidingneverland.com. like I said all, all the things that I mentioned are linked in the show notes so do check those out my Instagram is avoiding neverland you can find my personal Twitter at Josh Gunderson the millennial agenda can be found all over your favorite social media on Instagram and Facebook as the millennial agenda and millennial AG pod on Twitter be sure to check out the hot mess Presco on Etsy for official millennial agenda merchandise and you know what y'all go out and get your vaccination go do it get vaccinated so we can indeed be mask free this summer especially in orlando where it's hot granted i'll probably still be wearing a mask because like i'm just really attractive from like the the nose to my hairline so uh really just my time to shine in the eye territory who knows but be well take care of one another and you know what make sure you're tipping your servers and like the starting point should be 20% start there and then work your way up because we're all struggling right now and things are really hard and I I hope this opens your eyes up to it and if it didn't then you weren't paying attention so wear your mask and I'll talk to you all soon take care